0: Welcome to Strategic Growth Council. I'm Kit Lyle. Thanks for being here. This is a podcast about strategic growth and mergers and acquisitions for the middle market. Now, Strategic Growth Council is a peer advisory roundtable that meets virtually on a monthly basis. We focus on solving members' cases uh, or business dilemmas as a group, intentionally, consistently, and as a, a dedicated support team for one another. And I'm the moderator. Contact me to learn more at strategicgrowthcouncil.com. And this is our podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about organic growth, growth by acquisition, or potentially the sale of your company, this show will be interesting or useful for you. Thank you to our sponsor, Aclaro Growth Partners, a strategy consulting firm serving the middle market. You can visit aclaro partners.com and every episode I interview an expert or at least a participant in the world of strategy growth or M&A and today I'm joined by Todd Russell of RSM a broadline professional services firm serving the middle market with tax audit consulting M&A related services Todd welcome
1: thanks Kit I was glad I'm glad to be here appreciate you having me on
0: yeah I'm, I'm excited about our conversation for a lot of reasons, not only uh, is your insight and perspective uh, interesting and useful for us, but, uh, but you're also uh, affiliated with a member of a peer advisory council. And so we're excited to hear your perspective on basically on both fronts. So why don't you give us 30 to 60 seconds of background on yourself?
1: sure absolutely um so i uh am a partner with uh, rsm and i sit in the firm's tampa office i uh, am the tampa audit practice leader for the the tampa market and um, i've been in public accounting since uh, 1994. Um, have worked for in the middle market my entire career for either large local regional and, and now a national firm you know focused on the middle market I've been with RSM since um, 2007 and originally started uh, in our uh, Orlando, Florida office and relocated to Tampa to be part of the team that built and and grew our office uh, here in the Tampa Bay market so it's been an exciting time the last six years Um, and I focus, as I mentioned, on the middle market I work a lot in. Um, the private equity space uh, so see a lot of mergers and acquisitions I primarily work with portfolio companies uh, helping them you know with their financial statement audit uh, needs as well as you know being um, cognizant of, of other uh, other lines of service that uh, that we can offer them awesome so
0: don't meet too many people that have been an accountant since 1994 that's a long time <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. you know your stuff but tax law changes. Um, so peer advisory councils, uh, people call these different things. I'm going to kind of take a shot at it, and I'd love your help in sort of defining for our audience, our listeners, our viewers, what uh, what we're talking about. So we've got mastermind groups, we've got industry roundtables, CEO forums, peer advisory councils. I, I sort of mix them all up and and sort of refer to them almost interchangeably, but essentially, it's a group that gets together for um, uh, 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 in, intentional, uh, dedicated purpose. And the purpose varies depending on sort of who leads the group. Some groups are focused on uh, education and insights. Some groups are focused on networking. Um, at, uh, at Strategic Growth Council, we're more focused on solving cases. As I said in the beginning, kind of strategic support for partners. So everybody comes with a with with what I call a case each meeting, or just prepared to weigh in on um, how to solve that case. Um, so, in in your own words, you know, how do you define what a peer advisory council is? Do, do you would you dispute what I just said or? anything you could add there?
1: Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head for sure. Um, You know, one thing I would add is it's, to me, a peer advisory council is really a safe environment for its members to be able to share, you know, business problems, uh, strategy, thoughts, bouncing things around that they can do in an environment where they don't have to worry about a competitor sitting in there per se, you know, because a lot of times it's, it's um, people across, you know, it's a cross section of industries and, and that's done from an intentional perspective too.
0: And there's a, a confidentiality agreement that's signed and it's, there's a very um, structured process about what is shared stays in the room mm-hmm. and is not shared outside of the room. Um, that's sort of a number of disciplines and and processes that are very uh, intentional, shall we say? Yeah, Absolutely. And um, so I like what you said about, um, you know, trust and um, support, uh, vulnerability. Um, can you give us an example of how that that comes into play or um, any experiences that you've had where where that comes into play?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, the group that I'm involved with here in Tampa, uh, I don't typically sit in on their... Um, on, on the, the meetings, it's more of a sponsorship and I'd have connectivity at the beginning of the meeting, but obviously from that confidentiality perspective, um, you know, the, the group meets after, you know, I'll kind of step out and, and they meet for the, you know, the remainder of the day that, that we're together. Um, but we, we did a um, kind of a, a mock uh, meeting per se to try to, You know, kind of look at maybe recruiting some new um, members to the group and and that sort of thing. And so, um, and and, uh, the group leader here locally in Tampa wanted us to sit in on it as well, just to get a flavor for it. And I was really impressed uh, with the, the, how quickly, um, you know, it seemed that trust was gained within that group. And uh, there were people sharing, you know, different challenges that they had and then, you know, seeking the, um, the advice of the group or whatever. And just the idea exchange was was phenomenal. So, um, you know, that's that was one of my more recent experiences and, um, you know, really came out of there. Um, encouraged and and um, and and you know excited about uh, what we were doing.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to that. There's there's sort of two I hesitate to call them tests, but uh, you know members have to be of a certain size and they have to be of a certain level in their organization. You know, a partner in a professional services firm or a C level executive in a in a company, and the company needs to be. You know, generating you know somewhere above a million or, or perhaps two million dollars of EBITDA typically. Um, but there's also a test that's more of a person H- hesitate to use the word personality test because it's it's not literal. but to give our, our audience an example of, uh, of, a, of an individual who would probably not pass that test, is uh, a CEO who uh, was receiving some feedback from a consulting firm and, and sort of jumped in and said, well, you're wrong. And the consulting firm said, uh, well, here's the here's what the customer said, here's what the distributor said, here's what the competitors are talking about. So there's a lot of evidence. You know, it's possible that you're not you know completely seeing that whole picture. And he said, nope, nope, you're wrong, I'm right. And if I'm wrong, it will be the first time this decade that I've been wrong about anything. And so everybody <laughs> chuckled nervously except him he was he was dead serious that individual would not be a good fit because he would not make himself vulnerable in in a meeting like this so it, what you described was you know a mock meeting so people coming in sort of experimenting with the concept of being a part of a peer advisory council it sounds like they were all uh, well suited to be to be involved because they were comfortable enough opening up and sharing their dilemmas and and weighing in. So you have to be not only willing to, to make yourself vulnerable, but also um, willing to receive feedback Mm -hmm. that sometimes is controversial and might make some people defensive. Um, So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think self-awareness and, and, you know, openness to growing um, are two very key uh, components for somebody to be in a group like that
0: yep yep and i should say uh a lot of uh there are are a lot of industry uh roundtables which which are quite different because uh as you said as you pointed out there is a benefit in diversity and there's a benefit in sort of cross-pollinating so we don't want all cfos um, we don't want all uh, people who are manufacturing because there's you know, benefits from cross pollination that happens when you combine people from different industries that are tackling the same sort of issue. So it's a very different purpose than the the, the intent that an industry specific roundtable um, would have. So, um, brand awareness, uh, awareness of the value of a client's needs, prospects' needs. Uh, credibility, trusted advisor status. Um, I guess where, where I'm going, Todd, is in your role as a, we'll call it a sponsor of a peer advisory group in the Tampa area. What, what is, what is the primary benefit for you or for your organization? Is it brand awareness? Is it the opportunity to provide uh, learning and, and insights? Is it something else?
1: i think it's a mix of of kind of all those things really um you know certainly one of our biggest um uh goals as 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 a firm and when we started this office was to build you know the, the brand awareness of rsm in the market um and and certainly by participating in groups like this networking groups other things and being out in the market that's that's an important thing um but i think it's really you know it it is a great place to um, build, you know, valuable relationships with, in, in the group that I'm with there, they're all, you know, generally CEOs or business owners. And even if, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily turn into immediate client work or, or whatever, um, you know, cause it is a long sales cycle and, and you have to, to build those relationships, but it, you know, it does help also with, um, Uh, you know, lending some credibility to myself or our firm or my colleagues that I, you know, bring in front of the group and, um, can help even, you know, with them, uh, referring other relationships or introducing us to other folks around too. So, um, and, and we have, um, actually generated some work, uh, you know, some, some, uh, engagement projects with, uh, certain members of the group and, and the group that I'm with, we have varying, you know, sizes and some are on strategy for us. Some are not, but, um, uh, within our finance transformation practice, um, we've had a couple of folks that have really, uh, that's resonated with them and it has led to um, some opportunities for us. So, so I, you know, it's it's just a, a general uh, overall, I, I think, a combination of all those. And then um, also our, our group leader um, is a very influential and well-connected person. And he and I have really developed a great relationship, not only as partners in this, but um, in some of his other uh, organizations that he's involved with along with just great mentorship because he has really been around, uh, owned a lot of businesses, been CEO, been CFO, you know, done a lot of different things and he's a, a great, uh, mentor uh, to me as well. So. Oh, that's
0: fantastic. So I apologize if I missed this, but so you, when you were talking about the not on point or not on strategy, um, I just wanted to circle back to that. Um, do you invite clients? your clients to participate in the council?
1: You know, we have uh, actually, as part of our agreement with the council, um, we w- were able to, you know, uh, refer or select uh, some of our clients into the group. Um, I've I've got one that I think will ultimately participate and, and, and become a member. Um, some of the other ones I had um, reached out to um, you know, may have already been involved in a, a similar group, but a different, you know, a different, uh, different sponsor or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we're certainly can invite clients and, and that mock, um, uh, you know, strategy session or mock, uh, meeting that I mentioned, we, we had a couple of clients at that. So.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, why don't we talk a little bit about your, um, your firm, RSM, and where RSM fits into the, what I call the ecosystem of middle market mergers and acquisitions. So, you know, some of the, the, the people who are involved in the council are probably either acquirers or contemplating a sale or, you know, involved in, uh, in, um, areas that are very relevant, uh, probably from a tax and audit standpoint for RSM, but maybe just share with us, share, share with our audience, uh, a little bit more about RSM services for the middle market.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, MA uh, is, is such a, um, there's such a wide breadth of services that, that really encompass, you know, all of it. And, um, you know, RSM, we, we actually serve, um, we we really are a you know a private equity leader in the market in the marketplace we serve um, uh, just so many not only funds but also portfolio companies and and have a a very very well organized um, you know uh, national practice around private equity so Within that though, you know, I mean, certainly we have the portfolio company audits, we have fund audits um, that, that we do out of certain, some of our offices where there, there's more concentration of those. But when you think about um, really the things that go on and happen before an acquisition, um, you know, you've got acquisition readiness, you've got um, uh, valuations uh, sometimes, you know, and we, we, in fact, I recently was approached by a a prospect that's looking to sell their business and they want evaluation done and um just to get some ideas of what their company's worth you know um due diligence services uh, are another huge huge part of our practice through our um, transaction services team and that can in, in be financial due diligence can be tax due diligence a combination of both um can impact um you know it can be buy side or sell side so if if, you know if we have a client that is looking to potentially uh sell or have a transaction and they will engage us on the sell side because they don't you know they want us to uncover the the issues or any potential issues or anything like that and deal with it before you know they're at a negotiating table with a private equity fund or an institutional you know buyer or that sort of thing um and then you know and then beyond the transaction, um, we have consultants that help a lot with integration and um, uh, financial integration, people integration, operational integration, um, system IT, you know, ERP, s- design selection, implementation, those sort of things. So, um, you know, there's, there's a really wide breadth of services that we provide across the board to, to private equity and MA. That's
0: great. Um, I appreciate that. I learned a little bit there myself. We do a lot of work with private equity, so that's all always interesting to hear how uh, other service providers uh, play in in the, in the private equity space. Um, you know, I, I've also heard a lot of examples of the types of cases that are solved in peer advisory councils. Two years ago, it was, hey, what's PPP money and how do I get that? Mm-hmm. Uh, today, it's what's going on with the supply chain mm-hmm. or when are we going to officially go into recession, and <laughs> when are we going to head out of recession? How long is this going to last? Right, and and that's a good topic that that might be discussed in a meeting. Not that necessarily the the answer would come out, but there's a lot of food for thought and fodder that would would come out of the conversation, particularly as it relates to maybe other issues like human capital. How do you retain people today, or or the supply chain disruptions? Mm-hmm. Any any other significant aha moments that you've witnessed or topics that you've you've learned or heard about over the years
1: you know i mean i i i think um when it gets down to just some, you know basic issues perhaps maybe within the business uh, hr type thing or so you know some of those things and how did you handle it um definitely but more you know more global uh uh type things like the economy and and um and just the general state of you know where we're at right now you know um like uh, resource uh... Uh, constraints and and I mean we're all dealing with it you know we're all dealing with the same things and it's how do you how do you do more with less and still keep your customers happy and uh, you know still provide a high level of service and all those kind of things so um, I mean we see it in our industry uh, just as much as, as as we see it with our clients and and um, you know it, to me these days it just seems to take longer to get things done than it should or than it used to and um, a lot of it's you know, lack of uh, you know, resource constraints or CYA or, uh, you know, bureaucracy or whatever. But, uh, you know, we're all dealing with those challenges. So, back to the the peer advisory
0: council concept. Um, you know, from my vantage point, I, I hear a lot about uh, uh, time, <laughs> time, not only time from the standpoint of, I don't think I have time to be going to a, a round table, even a virtual one for three or four hours every month, uh, or even two or three hours every month. And yet, the number one benefit that I hear about from people who participate in peer advisory councils is that they solve problems more efficiently and therefore save a lot of time. And at the end of a year, people were surveyed about their major benefits, and it was time savings interestingly enough from your perspective um you know what do you see members most excited about or what do they appreciate most is it learning and insights is it connections and networking is it um, solving problems is it something else
1: yeah i mean i think it's I, i think it's learning and insights i think it's solving problems i think it's personal growth um you know being able to kind of add to the to their tool bag, you know, um, uh, 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 for lack of a better uh, uh, analogy, but, you know, um, it, it really just uh, because, the, the, you know, it's not just like the group gets together and uh, just talks about their, their business problems or whatever, the, you know, they are um, there are intentional, you know, there's books that they read, there's, um, self, uh, you know, self, uh, analyses and different things like that that they read. So it's, um, you know, the, I, but I, yeah, I mean, I think they're excited about just the personal growth as well as being able to learn from each other and, and, um, and then bounce, uh, ideas around too, if, if, if they don't, you know, have a, have an outlet for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's something I hear a lot as well. Is that it's not just business; it's you know, insights, feedback, perspectives, advice on uh, family, mm-hmm. <laughs> just general life stuff. So sure. it's not just purely cons- uh, constrained to the business world. So that's good. So Todd, uh, I've got a couple questions for you. Take them in whatever order you'd like, or, okay. or uh, make up a new question if you don't like either one of them. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> How does your firm uh, differentiate? How does RSM differentiate? And and secondly, when I when I sort of look at the world of uh, tax and audit and accounting firms, as I referenced earlier, I see this odd mix of other services that have gotten bolted on, you know, mm-hmm. consulting and transaction advisory and in some cases, investment banking and law and so forth. Um, what's what's going on there? So, um how does your firm differentiate and, and what's going on with the definition of accounting? <laughs> right.
1: Well, uh, so, you know, we've always said uh, one thing with RSM, you know, and our, our, like, mantra is the power of being understood. And, and, and we really seek to differentiate ourselves with our clients by really, truly gaining that, that deep loyal relationship, understanding them, understanding their needs, understanding their business from all angles. Um, and it's not about just sitting there telling you how great we are or what we know, but it's more about listening and, and being, uh, consultative, you know, in that process, in that relationship. And, and we do that, um, through, you know, um, Really being intentional about spending time with our clients on a regular basis, not just when we're, you know, from my, from my perspective, like not when I'm just out performing the audit or whatever. Um, really trying to un- understand the needs around their timing, their growth, their strategies and helping them prepare for that. And so um, it, at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's, you know are to be that first choice advisor to be in with our clients on multiple levels, not just one line of service, create that, that sticky, you know, relationship. And, um, and that's, you know, the type of folks that we hire and within our culture, it's, it's very much ingrained and, you know, is, is, uh, really that, that client delivery experience, um, but, you know, the other side of that is making sure that our people are taken care of and that they're well-trained and that they're um, excited about what they're doing so that they do deliver that, you know, that client experience. And so so we, we very much focus on our people experience and our cli- client experience, where those converge to, to really, you know, build those long, uh, deep relationships with our clients. Um, Brilliant. So now, yeah. yeah, so with, you know, what you're, What's going on, and why are accounting firms, you know, adding different service lines or different things like that? I mean, I think it's a lot of it's just driven by the demand of our client base, and you know, and and what we're seeing in the market. Um, so, you know, uh, our consulting practice is is you know the fastest growing part of our business and has been for many years. And it's you know as we just continue to see more and more um, opportunities uh, in the market for for various services. Um, you know, we, we seek to, to, to try to fill those, um, again, to, to be able to bring that to our client. And, um, you know, I mean, but from our perspective too, I mean, you, you always have to think about, um, professional, you know, independence and the independence rules that we're subject to. And so, um, so obviously we have an extremely robust, um, independence uh, system and process to make sure that you know a service that's being provided by somebody that's sitting uh, you know a thousand miles away or whatever is uh, not going to impair our independence um, from you know from an audit perspective as well as internationally and, and uh, through our through our um, RSM um, international group yep yeah that, that makes sense Good um so just
0: you know selfish question i guess for my own personal interest and curiosity i've been talking to firms like yours about what i'll call a white label service in other words a service that would be offered by a big accounting firm or a big consulting firm or a big investment bank to its clients um, under its own brand you know not necessarily talking about rsm but just broadly Um, and then that firm offering the concept of a peer advisory council to its clients and the clients can choose to join or not join. Mm-hmm. And the, the cost could be partially def, deferred or de, what's the, de, de, uh, what's the right word, uh, subsidized. Passed on, <laughs> subsidized yeah, exactly. <laughs> subsidized by the professional services firm or not. It could just be charged uh, to the client. Um, not every client as we discussed would be a good fit right some might be too small some might not have the right personality any reaction to that that concept good idea bad idea why
1: yeah I mean I I think it's a, a good idea I think it um, definitely has some value and um, you know it again w- when you look at just creating a value in your relationship with your clients to, to be able to you know uh, offer, something like that to them i i think would be um would be useful and it's also a great way to to you know um maintain that connectivity uh you know right. on a regular basis throughout the year and 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 bring them uh you know relevant uh, information too um you know on a timely basis
0: yeah i mean that's what that's what i thought that my my thinking was you get to know that much more about your clients mm-hmm and you get to learn what their needs are that much better mm-hmm. and interests. And then obviously the, the communication goes both ways. You get to communicate more about, you know, your own services. So that makes sense. Good. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Um, goals, hopes, dreams, you've been <laughs> in the accounting profession since 1994. So, um, what are you going to do next?
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, uh, I turned uh, 50 last year and, um, so I've got about 12 years or so, um, you know, left in the accounting uh, profession at least. But, uh, I, um, you know, personally, I mean, I want to get into some, some more kind of local office leader or regional type leadership roles. Um, and because what, you know, the two things that really energize me and that I enjoy the most about what I do are, well, are the, the people aspect of the business, um, and, and the growth aspect of the business, you know, and that's, that's something that to me is, is, um, I'm passionate about it it's fun um you know i love meeting people dealing with people um leading people you know that sort of thing and so i'm i you know i'm hoping down the road that i'll be um you know more focused in that aspect of the business and the strategy and really you know the operations of the firm not just the um the the, the, the client service aspect of it um but you know i've got five kids and uh one's about to graduate from college. I've got, uh, she will graduate next year. And then I have two that are, will be seniors in high school. So I got to get them through college. And then I've got, uh, two that are uh, middle school and, and one's a freshman in high school. So, um, you know, personally just, uh, getting them, <laughs> getting them through college and helping them be successful humans, uh, you know, is, yeah. uh, is a big, um, is a big hope and dream as well. So, um, but well, I'm, it, I
0: imagine you're busy on weekends, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely.
0: That's great. That's great. So our, our listeners, how, how can they, uh, contact you, you know, how, how can they support you? Um, what, what, uh, what do you recommend? What's the best way to, to well, I
1: mean, probably, uh, you know, via uh, email or, 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 um, you know, or my phone uh, number, that's probably the best way to, to get a hold of me. And I, um, I can share that if you want. Um, so my uh, email is yep. d- w.todd.russell dot T-O-D-D, dot R-U-S-S-E-L-L, at rsmus.com. Um, and my uh, office line is uh, 813-316-2266. So if you got That's anybody great. in the Tampa market or even not in the Tampa market, I've got, you know, a network all over the country. So happy to help if, if we can.
0: Beautiful part of the country for sure. Um, I, I love Tampa St. Pete. So um, thank you, Todd. This has been really good and really informational and interesting for me. Uh, I learned a little bit myself and, and I appreciate your taking the time to, uh, to meet with us and share your perspective. Um, remember visit, StrategicGrowthCouncil.com for all of our past episodes and to find the latest episodes. Follow us uh, on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Put us in your listening queue, review the show, give us a rating, and thanks for listening. Produced by Heartcast Media.